I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 228 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by Self-Publishing School and by FreshBooks. Get a free copy of Chandler Bolt's book, Published, when you sign up for free training on how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash published to get your free copy now. And for 30 days, you can use FreshBooks cloud accounting software absolutely free, get access to all of their features, and you don't even need a credit card to take advantage of their free trial. To find out more, freshbooks.com slash read to lead. If you really want a deeper, more meaningful relationship and you want an offense and defense against some of the toughest things we all are concerned about as parents, like addiction or things like that, quality time is your biggest source of strength. Hey there, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. Going to get a little personal today, more on that in a moment. My name is Jeff, and I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. And here at the Read to Lead podcast, going to help you narrow this ever-important reading list and bring you key insights and some of the main ideas from today's most successful and inspiring authors and their books. Today, we'll sit down with a guy by the name of Jim Shields, author of the book, The Family Boardroom. You have 18 summers to create lasting connection with your children. I'm going to be asking Jim to share about how to go from quality time to outstanding quality time with your kids, help with teaching your kids the life lessons not taught in school, learning to spot the warning signs that your successful business could be hurting your family, and much, much more. Of course, having more quality time with your kids involves freeing up more time in the first place. My friend Chandler Bolt wants to help you do that by helping you write and launch your new book in as little as 90 days. And he's offering a free copy of his book called Published to You as a Listener to Read to Lead. All you do is sign up for his free training on how to do exactly that. Write and launch a book in 90 days or less. To do that, just go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. Sign up for the free training, even if you're not able to make it to the training. Even if you choose not to go to the training, sign up for the training and get his free book called Published. That will be almost as good as the free training, walking you step by step through the process. If in the past you've been stuck, unable to get your book off the ground, that ends today. Now, I get it. Writing a book is hard, but it's hard if you don't have a proven plan in place to follow. And that's what Chandler's book and his free training provide. Again, to check it out and find out more and get that free book on its way to you right now, read to lead podcast.com slash published. Another way to free up some time so you can create more quality time between you and your kids is by using the right tools in your business. You know, one of my favorites, if you've listened for any length of time, it's my cloud accounting software. It's called FreshBooks, and it saves me tons of time every time I use it. I've been using it 
for nine years. And I think you should use it too. And I want you to be able to try it without any obligation or without any fears or risks. Through the Read to Lead podcast, FreshBooks wants you to try their software 100% free, no obligation, and with no credit card necessary. And during this trial, you get access to all of FreshBooks features. To find out more about it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. That's freshbooks.com dot com slash read to lead and be sure and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section start freeing up more time in your life and business today and creating more quality time between you and your family right now it's freshbooks.com slash read to lead to take advantage of this free trial and to find out more Jim Shields is on a mission to deepen relationships and improve education for entrepreneur families. His popular book first came out about three years ago and now available or soon available in an updated edition. Uh, is called The Family Board Meeting, and the strategy that goes along with it has helped parents worldwide connect with their kids in fun and experiential ways. He's also created what he calls the Education Matrix, helping change our educational system and, and better prepare our kids for the more practical affairs of life. Uh, Jim and his wife, Jamie, want to help you enjoy your family more than the average parent, uh, balancing success at work and success at home. The book, again, is called The Family Board Meeting, with, I think, a new subtitle, if I'm not mistaken. You have eight summers to create lasting connection with your children. Jim, welcome officially to Read to Lead. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Good to be here. Did I get all that right? You got it spot on. <laughs> Better than I could have said it. Okay, good. Well, uh, Jim begins uh, the book by defining what it means to, to truly spend quality time with your kids. Jim, I, I think most of us feel we, we know what that looks like, but, but for context, how do you define it? Well, that's a great question, Jeff. And I think the best way to define it is what quality time is not. Quality time is not uh, rushing around the the kitchen table in the morning, checking texts and emails and someone screaming and running out the door or rushing the kids to soccer practice with one kid fighting with the other. There's a lot of time together, but not necessarily focused quality time. And there is a huge difference because when it comes to deepening relationships, quality time has to have a certain framework to it. It has to have certain elements to it and certain elements not included. And that's what I think we'll be talking about today. Mm. Well, share, if you would, about the event that sort of brought to light for you, Jim, the realization that quality time was what was missing between many young people and their entrepreneurial parents. That, that, that time when you accompanied a friend uh, to, I think it was um, a drug rehabilitation meeting of some kind or something like that. Yeah, I was at a years ago, I had already been teaching and I had a friend that was struggling with uh, some addictions. And I went with him to kind of a, a group therapy of people that he'd been going through a rehabilitation program with. And every parent in this group was an entrepreneur parent, mm. which was kind of shocking. The, the The thread that struck me for that was they were all trying to build these businesses for the right reasons, but they sacrificed quality time. And this usually opens up the doors to tougher things like addiction mm. and just emotional separation. So w- what I found was right there is, you know, hearing about these people that could pay for the most expensive rehab centers and help and nothing replaces quality time. Not when it comes to parents and their children. You can't you can't sub it out. It, it Money can't replace it. Fancy private schools, the top rehabilitation centers in the world. Mm. If you really want a deeper, more meaningful relationship and you want an offense and defense against some of the toughest things like we all are concerned about as parents, like addiction or things like that, quality time is is your biggest source of strength by far. Well, I think when we hear that that phrase, quality time, I think most of us think that creating more of it with our kids sounds 
easy enough, but 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 Jim says many of us don't know how to create outstanding quality time. Jim, what does what does one of these family board meetings that, that help us get to that outstanding place? So what do, what do those typically look like? Yeah, well, it, what I basically did was years back set a very clear intention that my my family was going to be more important than my biggest investors and clients in my business. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I have to schedule time with them because uh, a mentor of mine taught me years ago that what you schedule gets done. Mm-hmm. That's really important. That which we schedule gets done. And when when you do that and people say, oh, you, what do you mean you schedule quality time with your family? Well, absolutely. If some of you out there own businesses, would you not schedule follow-up appointments with your biggest client, your biggest investor? Absolutely not. So I schedule very rhythmic and consistent meetings with everyone in my family. And I combine certain principles that have been shown to really get people below the surface. And that's an absolute key thing. And the, the, the board meeting strategy in a nutshell is this. Uh, what it started as is I, I put myself in a position to have very clear rhythms with my family. Where I, I have about four or five that I, I stay with very consistently. And I know that keeps my family life grounded. Of course, there's more work around it, but there's about four or five. And one of the most important ones that I found is the board meeting strategy with my children. Mm. And what that means is every 90 days, I'm having a day or at least four hours uninterrupted with each one of my children uh, every 90 days. And there's only three guiding principles to And that's one-on-one without electronics and a fun activity with focus reflection, a fun activity of their choice. And that last line, fun activity with focus reflection, well, that's just the shortest definition there is for experiential education. Mm -hmm. And experiential education is the most powerful form of learning on the planet. It's been proven. It's just a little harder to set up, takes a little more time. But when you do it, the, the results are dramatically better. I'm just using experiential education now to make sure I'm staying grounded and consistent with each one of my kids and get me below the surface. And most people use it for other things. I use it now to deepen the relationship with my kids. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, talk, if you would, about your son, Alden, and and the challenges he faced uh, as a young boy, Jim, and and the dramatic change you saw in him within just a year after you began applying uh, this this technique. Yeah. About eight years ago, I fell in love with the love of my life, my Hmm. wife. Um, We met, hit it off instantly. She was the director of a Waldorf preschool. I was always into education. I was an entrepreneur. We hit it off right away. Uh, But when I got the chance to win her heart, I got the chance to win the hearts of two beautiful little boys Mm. uh, because she was divorced with full custody of of Alden and Leland. They were seven and five. It was the biggest blessing of my life. But even though we hit it off famously right away, both the boys had trust issues. My wife's first marriage was not a good situation involving uh, lots of things of alcohol and addiction and um, mm. just things that, that no no one should have to go through. But love her more than anything. She's my hero. She stood up, got away, got full custody. And the boys were were wanting a father figure. Um, and it was it was a big situation for me because I was running two businesses and I wanted to give them time. And where we were at was it had been especially hard on, on the older, uh, my older son now. They've both since asked me to adopt them years ago, and I did, mm-hmm. um, which was which was ph- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alden had 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 the more of the struggles. You know, when I first came into his life, he was a terrible student, close to failing. He was put on the, the spectrum, and I can't stand that word, the spectrum mm-hmm. at school for autism. Mm-hmm. And he suffered every night from something called night terrors. And if you don't know what those are, you're lucky, because uh, it's when your child wakes up in a half-conscious state, screaming and actually terrified. It can take you hours to get him back to bed. Um, I've been accused of being uh, an unrealistic optimist in certain situations, but I I absolutely knew, Jeff, that these could change. And uh, we started to just say, I got to spend quality time with him. He needs to, you know, feel trusted and safe. 
and have some fun. So that's really where wanting to make sure with all the responsibilities I had at work that I was going to be successful at home with this new almost instant family. I didn't know the boys were going to ask me a year and a half later to adopt them. What a gift. But I wanted to make sure I was there for them. And we started to put that board meeting into into practice, that board, simple rhythm. Every 90 days, I was getting together with him for the day, one-on-one, no phones, and just doing a fun activity of his choice, and we'd spend some time talking at the end. That's the whole system. Mm. It's just creating the space for quality time, for real connection, for real communication. And within a year, and we saw the breakthroughs happen. You're saying, wait, that's only four meetings a year. Yeah, but what happened was the time in between got that much more special, got that much more comfortable. And the breakthroughs of words that could be shared at that time where no phones are around, we're one-on-one, we've just had a fun activity together. I mean, it goes together like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for relating with kids. It does. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people tell me. But Jeff, within one year, uh, my son went from failing to being awarded the most uh, improved student of the third grade. He got this award and he was beaming at the end of the year. They retracted the diagnosis of autism. They admitted it was a mistake. And I knew it wasn't autism. It was stress-related things and he just needed to feel safe and appreciated. And uh, probably most rewarding for me and my wife was within a year, the night terrors were completely gone. It's amazing. Now, it was incredible. And I would have given up my entire real estate portfolio. Uh, or any of my businesses for that success, but I didn't have to. And that's the power of rhythms and the power of this one rhythm where I've found that it's now gone on where I didn't even want to talk about this years ago, Jeff. This is not something I was comfortable sharing, mm. but I shared in some small groups that I was in. They said, this is incredible. You need to share this. Uh, you know, And it was a very private thing. Uh, but now since our family is very open communication, they know how important it is. And it's gone on to help so many other families. This one simple thing, you say, you know what? I can do that. That makes sense. I can do it. And now people five, six years in on it are saying it is it is absolutely the most powerful grounding mechanism in the relationship they have with their kids still today. Uh, I want to want to throw a curveball at you here a bit. Uh, I was texting. Sure. I, I'll leave the name out of it, but I was texting with uh, someone I know yesterday, and uh, I sent them images uh, of a, a couple of pages from your book as I was reading it, and about the you know the concept of the family board meeting. And this particular person has a teenage son who's fifteen, a daughter who's thirteen, and she's really struggling with the son. And in response to some of these uh, pages, I was texting her. Uh, I hope that's okay. Of course. No problem. <laughs> love to get your feedback on this. She says, I, I completely agree when referring to younger children. However, I'm learning that teens are a beast all their own. I try to get my son out to do fun things, i.e. anything, but the only thing he wants to do is tech. When I try to do that with him, to connect with him, it doesn't work. Some teens want nothing to do with their parents on principle. The more you try to connect, the more they pull away. She finally says, I drag him out often, but that's all it is, dragging. He goes and sulks and complains and can't wait to get back home to to gaming. One of my goals this year is not to nag him so much. He hates it, and it doesn't accomplish anything anyway. So the next time, if you smell him before you see him, you'll know why. (laughs) (laughs) So what what, what advice would you give to that person? Well, first off, and this is a little bit harder to say, but we're going to cover both both spectrums. Mm. The best offense and defense is to start young. I tell people, you know, I started doing these with, with, I have four kids now and I started doing it with my daughter uh, when she was two and a half and she sees the magic, the power and my boys now, the, the older ones, they're teens and they, they know this. So if for anyone out there listening, obviously not your friend and we're going to do some talk to help that. But if you start young, then you build the trust. Then there's no surprise. 
that's the first line of defense. The first offense is start young. Don't wait till they're teens. That's the problem. We get wrapped up and we're not doing consistent rhythms. And all of a sudden they're feeling that privacy. They're feeling that individuality. And then we're trying to butt in and wanting to be a part. And subconsciously, I think a lot of kids say, well, no, you want to jump in now? Absolutely not. Um, and, And teens will naturally pull away. Here's a couple of things that I've learned working with teens. And I do retreats with entrepreneur families for three days, you know, doing fun activities, surfing, hiking, different things, depending on where we are um, and just have open conversation. There's no hierarchy. And and I think that a lot of time teens are misunderstood. Yes, tech is a very heavy thing. And here's what I'm going to say. I remember playing the Nintendo and stuff. And for me, it was a phase. I don't play any video games. I'm not a big TV person. And my parents had to put some boundaries around it. Probably they should have done better boundaries to cut me away. Mm. So even though they might fight over it, it's just like saying, and some people this might offend, but it's saying, look, can I have a key to the liquor cabinet? No, you're 15 years old. You can't have a key to the liquor cabinet. And you have to put those boundaries on tech. And, you know, my second rule is without electronics. There is a reason behind that. You know, in the book, I'm sure you saw, I got to see a a gentleman speak years ago and he actually came in on interviews with me and and helped some with the family board meeting strategy. His name was Dr. Ned Hollowell. He was with Harvard Medical School for 10 years Mm. and brilliant man, super guy, leading expert in ADD. He's been on every big show there is. Uh, And he talks about this thing called screen sucking. And it's basically saying, look, if we didn't have technology, you and I wouldn't be on the phone right now. (laughs) <laughs> but you got to you got to disconnect to reconnect. And there does come a point where basic human connection things can be broken up because we're always in the way of tech. So I applaud your friend for saying we need to do something besides technology. Mm. Now, that might be the only thing they're into now. But here's two things that I do. And this might get a little controversial. <laughs> uh, but one is we think we know what they want to do. And we're just we're just not that hip. We're not that into it. They don't. <laughs> They, we, we can pretend we are, we're not. That's why for the board meeting thing, I always set the premise. And I talk about this in the book and say, look, you're growing up fast. I just want to spend some some quality time with you on, uh, on a consistent basis because, you know, in a few years, you're going to leave the house. I feel I got 18 summers with you to really make it last because the time that we spend together after this is gone. And I don't want that to happen. There's no catches. I just want to have some fun together. Mm. Let's go out and do some. I'm going to turn off my phone. You're going to turn off your phone. And uh, and I just want to have that time together. And you choose the day. Now, first of all, again, it might be a little harder with teens. But again, especially where there's a lot of gamers out there. I get it. Turn mm. off the technology. There, There's so much science behind it. I won't bore you with it. You got to have mm-hmm. you got to have, you know, the big thing right now is intermittent fasting. You got to do some intermittent tech fasting. It's so good in so many different ways. And the science is there. So once they get them out, they can do that. And what I do probably twice a year is I give them a a day pass out of school. Everyone says, oh my gosh, (laughs) what about the perfect attendance award? And for me, I have certain views on education saying, you know what, in 30 years when my kids have their family of their own and they're able to play hooky from work for a day and they play hooky from school for the day to deepen their relationship and they think back to me and hopefully I'm still here thriving and and with them, which is going to be more important. There's so much starvation for connection out there that we're into these rigid rules and school's a good thing. But you know what? For twice a year, if I pull my kids out of school and that and I know a lot of people said that one thing for the rebellious teens said, oh, we can miss a day of school. OK, opened up the gate. 
And those two days a year that are missed to, to bond a relationship with mm. the people you want to be closest to, very, very small sacrifice. So that's what I'd recommend to your friend is let them plan the day and just be open and honest. Um, and I do go into the book about what goes wrong. And I don't know your friend, and I'm not saying this because I can only point my, my, own, my the finger at myself. Mm. If you go to hang out with a teenager and all you have is like interrogation questions or 50 lectures on the way that they need to improve their life, why would they want to spend the time with you? <laughs> you know, and I, it really, I mean, we have to discipline. We have to keep certain boundaries in family life. And that's our, that's our responsibility. But a board meeting day with my sons, who are now will be 15 next week and uh, and then almost 13 in the fall. If they got in trouble last week, that's not being talked about on the board meeting. Mm. If they had something wrong with with at school, that's not what this time is for. If I think they're slacking or, or not listening, to my, that's not what this is for. That's not what this is. This time is for this is quality time. You can discipline later. This is to have fun and connect and just maybe leave things open for some vulnerable conversation. It might not happen, but I can talk about how it might happen. And usually that's something most parents don't want to do. And that's you have to take the first step. Uh, Gemma, are there other ways that, that you and your wife go about uh, teaching your kids life lessons that, that they, they're not likely to learn in school? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm really passionate about learning. And, and I applaud the efforts of a lot of schools out there, but still what I've found is the way that I can help teach my kids are, I've interviewed probably over a thousand entrepreneurs about this. Mm. And I've asked them, what were the toughest times in your life? Can you, would you, do you mind sharing with me? This is, this is totally confidential. And when, when they shared this with me, I was just amazed at the common threads of the toughest times they went in their life. You know, periods of loss, rejection, abuse, uh, times of heavy mistakes in their life that went against their core values that just ate them up for, for so long, periods of heavy transition in their life, periods of unknown, financial crisis, illness and death, and, and bad relationships or bad breakups or, or turmoil in close relationships. These were like common themes for like over a thousand people. Mm. And I'm saying we don't do much to prepare for those practical affairs of life. And our kids are going to face those, you know, the, the, the math and science, of course, that's important. Of course. But there's other subjects that are not really taught in school that I feel it's the job of the parents to bring it to them. And that's whether you private school, public school, homeschool, unschool, that's not what this is about. This is about making sure no matter what, that we share these lessons with our kids. So what I do is every 90 days, I try to do one lesson, whether it's we slowly, we do a deep dive, slow digest, I call it on a book or on a video series. And we, we learn a lesson in either personal development, financial intelligence, or relationship skills. And I have subsets under that because what I've found is for the toughest times of my life, they would have been made easier or possibly even avoided if I had a better understanding of those subjects. And I also found on the flip side is the most, the biggest successes of my life were really propelled by those three subjects. Of course, we have to have a skill or an art form, whether it's, you know, radio hosting or real estate investments, whatever it is. But those skills, 
skills, personal development, relationship skills, financial intelligence, you will call upon those in almost 90%. So that's something that I just, I've taken into with my older sons, my, my younger ones who are only three and one, they'll be getting into it in another few years. But I feel that if I can drip one lesson, one powerful lesson every 90 days, I'm building that that wall slowly. So by the time they leave the house and they're 18, 19, they're, they're not just being exposed to it. Like why well, I had to find those subjects in my mid twenties, falling backwards into them, <laughs> figuring out I didn't know it. But if I can get it to them now, they're going to have a much better grasp on what's really important and how to handle themselves in the real world. Mm. Well, Jim, for those of us who are freelancers and entrepreneurs, what are some telltale signs that our business success is, is hurting our family? What are some things we need to watch out for? One of the most telltale signs is guilt and depression. Mm. So when I ask people, what, how do you feel when you're not spending enough quality time with your family? And they'll say, oh my gosh, it's October. And I feel like I really haven't connected yet. We went on a vacation, but it was so, it was a week and it was so crazy. Mm. I said, well, how does it make you feel? And they said, guilty and depressed. Almost everyone says that. We all feel that, including me. That's a sure sign of things not being settled. And you got to listen to that. And I ask simple questions. Do you know the names of your kids' best friends? What are they doing? Because what I've found is for freelancers, for entrepreneurs, business owners, we get really good at delegating, which is important for business, but we almost start to delegate ourselves out of home life. And this is something I challenge people to examine. Have you overstepped that? I take certain principles from business and bring them home. And it's been really successful, like rhythms. You know, I have certain rhythms in my business that if I do every week, it helps my business stay grounded, consistent and perform. Same thing at home. But we have to make sure that we're not completely delegating ourselves out of home life, you know, to a, to a grandparent, to an older sibling, to a spouse, to a, a nanny or a babysitter. And then we feel like, why are we why do we feel so disconnected? Why do we why do we feel like we're half strangers? And that's the sad thing, Jeff. If you look out years, so many people I've worked with, you know, I've done the retreats for about six years. We can run so hard and fast up that entrepreneurial mountain with the best intentions. But then you stop and look around. And sadly, sometimes your family is gone, but even worse, and which I see happen more often is they kind of view you as a stranger and no one should have to live like that. And what I found again is ask yourself, do I have certain consistent rhythms daily, weekly, and a few monthly? And again, this isn't about having 57 rhythms. <laughs> I'm talking four or five, maybe, or three or four that you consistently stick to, to create the space to have those relationships at home. And if you don't, that's okay. You can start to implement them now. The family board meeting is one of my best, Jeff, and I'm sure uh, with your wife, the most powerful thing I've been able to do with my wife is date night with a question. Every Wednesday night, like if you had said, Jim, could you do this interview Wednesday night between 5.30 and 8.30? I'd said, Jeff, I got a really important appointment already booked there. Mm. Can't do it. So every Wednesday night without our kids, because we need our own space to, to reconnect and continue dating, my wife and I have date night. And we call it date night with a question. What we've decided to do is none of us want to get stuck on the surface. I, I just, I've had too many things happen in my life. You know, eight years ago, I donated a kidney to my father and it took me down a road of, of mortality because I had to sign a sheet of paper saying, you might die if you do this. Mm -hmm. We both lived, it went great. But from that day on, Jeff, I said, I'm not going to live on the surface. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't really care about just talking about the weather. So the way that my, my wife and I challenge each other in a good way to connect is we say date night with a question. We all, we look up together one deep, powerful question, not like, what is your favorite color? <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, name a time that you felt like I really disappointed you and why. Mm. And you got to have some, some big, you know, 
<laughs> openness to hear that sometimes. Yes, you do. And there can be jolly ones. Like we yeah. went on a five week family adventure this summer. I really try to do that every summer with my kids. And we, the last week it was like, what were the highlights of our, our adventure this summer? But, but that way it gets conversation going. But, but if you pick one question, there's plenty of them out there on the internet between date night with a question and quarterly board meetings with my kids. And again, I have about three or four others we stick to, but those two, if people just started with those, mm-hmm. I think they'd be amazed at where they could be in six months. Uh, similarly, my wife and I have a Wednesday date day where oh. about four hours in the middle of the day is, is blocked out. But one thing I realized while reading your book is that I'm not doing a very good job. I should treat that like the board meetings and and put away the phone and not be interrupted and, and, and give my wife my, my full attention because I often find that you know, she'll look at me and, and she'll say things like, do you really have to be checking that email or And we've, we've all been there. And that's the problem. And I talk about that in the book. If like on a board meeting or date night, if you take one text, one email, basically, and not meaning to do it, you're saying, well, I'm doing this because I'm providing for the family. I get it. But the person across from you is feeling like whatever you're working on is more important than them. Yeah. And that's where that intermittent tech fasting has to come. And I can tell you, once you start to turn off your phone, Jeff, for three hours here, four hours there, it's scary and liberating at the same time once you get through <laughs> it. It's, it feels so good that you've honored the person that you love the most to do that. And you haven't been pulled out because you know as well as I, Jeff, in the beginning of date night, I might have brought my phone in with me. And you get that one text about a project you're working on where it's taking a total left turn. And now your head is out. You're angry. You're like, oh, what the? heck and so how present can you be right so uh, the, a lot of people have come to me and said can i follow these principles with my wife you know for the family board meeting i said yeah but i don't do them quarterly with my kids i do them quarterly we do other things date night with my wife is weekly mm-hmm. and my my phone is not invited on on date night mm-hmm. absolutely not no one needs to talk to me when i'm trying to connect with the person most important yeah yeah, good lesson. Very good lesson. Uh, you mentioned a moment ago the retreats. I'd love to give you an opportunity to share a little bit more about those and, and help get the word out about those. Can, can you describe what one of those is like? Yeah, I mean, we, we do different workshops and retreats. I've been brought in by groups like EO and YPO, and then I host my own retreats from different entrepreneur masterminds I've been with. And we usually get together for like two to three days. Uh, a lot of times we do parent-child retreats. Mm. Usually the busy entrepreneur and one of their children, usually a teen, uh, comes and hangs out with us. Could be in the Utah mountains, could be on the Florida beaches where we're we're trying surfing or we're, we're hiking through uh, different nature trails or trying paddleboarding or archery, just having a good time. And what we do is we have a couple of powerful exercises and conversations uh, just to open up. Now, a lot of teens go, oh, I'm not going if this is all about feelings and kumbaya. <laughs> That's not what it's like. That's not what I'm like. Uh, but I have a very straightforward thing to say, guys, I'm not going to BS you. Here are some things you need at home. You got to make sure you have your parents back. They have to make sure you have yours. Mm. And it's a totally different thing. I want to make sure you guys come out here knowing you have each other's back. And let's also learn some things that might not be getting focused on. That's where I go into the school stuff. So it's Mm. three days. Usually we just do all fun stuff in the morning. We do one lesson in the afternoon and have plenty of space for them to interact. Um, You know, it's 15, 20 families. And what I found is when you surround yourself with other like-minded families, that's where the growth can happen. You're not forcing anything. A lot of the kids, and there's teens from all things, all all, all different walks of of life and situations. Some of them might have been in some trouble. It's not like a troubled teen camp at all, but some of them might have been more bottled up. Mm. Um, And one of the biggest compliments we had is they said, you know what? You were fun. You were honest. Uh, a no BS approach. 
You got me to say things I never thought I'd say to my parents they needed to hear and vice versa. And um, I could finally take my mask off because a lot of teens, we all know we were there, Mm -hmm. you know, we were there, Jeff, and it hasn't changed. It's probably gotten worse. Sometimes at the bigger schools in this, you feel like you got to wear a mask of protection and they could finally take their mask off, just have some fun, connect with their family. So the retreats are more of a passion project. I only do them about once a year. But whether you're a famous entrepreneur, you're you're more just starting out in business. We all love our kids. Mm -hmm. We all know that we have limited time. Again, that 18 summers, let's make the most of it. And that's what I try to help people do. Mm. Connect with their kids in a fun and experiential way and teach them lessons not taught in school. That'll bring them together. Well, Jim, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask if I can, not directly uh, related to the book. I'd be curious to know uh, about the books you've read the last few years or over the course of your career that have had a, an impact on you and share if you would uh, those books and, and, and why they impacted you as they did. Well, that's a great question. What, what books do you read? There's one book that really sticks out that I'll actually be uh, doing with my sons for the fall semester. Fall mm-hmm. semester for us here starts this week, the end of this week. We're going to be reading a book called The Empowerment Dynamic. And it's a very good book. I don't remember the author, but people will be able to look it up. And it talks about the drama triangle. And it's a it's a very powerful mindset book. I'm a huge fan of Viktor Frankl. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning is one of my favorite of all time. If you haven't read that, you should. Once your kid turns 14, they should absolutely read it. That's where all personal development basically stemmed off of mm. Viktor Frankl. Um, phenomenal book of, of you know him surviving the Nazi concentration camps with the perseverance and attitude and purpose that he had. It is awe-inspiring. And to build off this, this book, The Empowerment Dynamic, is all about we get caught in being in this dreaded drama triangle where we see ourselves as a victim, where we see ourselves as a persecutor. We have to go after the person. Mm. And, and, and that's not going to serve you. And what it talks about is reversing the gears, not being a victim, not being a persecutor, being a creator, being a coach. So you can change your situation. It's a really good story form book. And although my son read it two years ago with me, my older son, we're going to reread it again this fall. Uh, And then him and each of my sons are going to do a presentation on it. That's something we do every quarter. But that one book is something I'd highly recommend. I read it. I was in a leadership program in Dallas, Texas. Great, great group called Stegen Leadership. And that was the start of the whole group. And I said, oh, this simple little book. Oh, okay. This is it. It was the biggest breakthrough of the entire course. And this was not a cheap course and, you know, some very prominent uh, thought leaders in it. Fantastic book. That's what I'd recommend. Awesome. I think uh, uh, the author on the first book you mentioned, is it David Emerald? Does that sound familiar? David Emerald. That's him. Yes, sir. David Emerald. Yep. Well, as a successful uh, speaker, I know you do a lot of speaking, traveling around the country and around the world. What are some tips you would be willing to share, Jim, for delivering an impactful talk and a memorable one? I think the key towards speaking for me is I need to prepare a a very good outline and prepare the talk, but I can't make it too rigid. Mm. If it's rehearsed like a monologue, that doesn't work for me. I have to be able to have a conversation with the audience. And what I've learned is, I think it might have been a Wayne Dyer thing that I read years ago when I first started getting into public speaking. Besides have a conversation with the audience is be authentic and enthusiastic. Mm. And I've been complimented on both of those um, when I'm speaking on family and the family board meeting strategy and overcoming, you know, the fear of not being successful at home. I get, I get really into it. I'm authentic. I, the, the story I shared with you, Jeff, earlier about Alden, I could, I, I could not get on stage without crying about it the first mm. year and a half. I mean, and it's very uncomfortable <laughs> to cry in front of 500 people. Mm. But let me tell you, that showed that this was not a fake emotion. This is mm. how important it was to me. 
And that's, I think, how I broke through in the family space is I was just authentic and enthusiastic. I didn't have the biggest following. I didn't have the most training in public speaking, but I was authentic and enthusiastic. And I think if if people are going to try to do that, that's the starting point. Don't try to do too many things at once. Obviously, I, I, I am a, a constant learner. I go to more speaking training things because I love it. Like that's an art form for me. I love to be able to communicate. But start with being authentic and enthusiastic. Don't follow all these guys that are rehearsed or that. And you're like, geez, I don't want to yell at the audience and be jerks to the audience. Mm-hmm. Don't. I've never taken on that style. And I'm getting plenty of opportunities. So do what's comfortable to you. Be authentic. Be enthusiastic. Anything, uh, Jim, that you and your team are working on now or soon that you're excited about? and want to share? We've renamed the comp- our company 18 Summers and we're doing a rebranding of it right now because every person when I've been speaking for years said, thank you for saying that. Thank you. 18 Summers just really speaks to me. It's a simple math equation. It puts a, a positive spin on the limited amount of time that we have, you know, and I want to make the most. How do I do that? Mm. And, and that's what our business is all about, 18 Summers, how to help usually busy entrepreneurs and executives and freelancers succeed at home. So we help set up certain rhythms, hold them accountable and give them ideas ideas to share with their family. And that's what I'm most excited about the rebranding. And we're really re-releasing the book at the end of the month, the family board meeting. And we've added pages, you know, we put it out three years ago just because people would kind of push this to, we did, we were on a couple of of podcasts and it went to number one uh, on Amazon for parenting. And it kind of got a turn of the head. Mm. And over the last few years though, Jeff, we've had people saying, well, what about my teen? If he won't do it, like you asked today, Mm. what are some of the things that you do? Uh, What are some other tips? Are there any other rhythms? And and so we added about 15 pages to the book and, and spiced it up a little bit. Still a short and sweet read, uh, but that's being released August 20th uh, and super excited to, to have that out. We've put a lot into it. I think it's going to help a lot of people and it's helping build our community. We, we have a really good community of like-minded entrepreneur and professional families that we just, we care about our family more than the average person. And we are not going to let those 18 summers pass by those 18 seasons. Every moment's going to count. We're going to make the most of it and we're going to help each other and we're going to hold each other accountable. Well, the updated and enhanced uh, version of the book, uh, as Jim said, out August 20th is called The Family Board Meeting. You have 18 summers to create lasting connection with your children. Jim, it was a delight. Thank you so much for uh, participating and being here as a part of uh, Read to Lead. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It was great. To dig in deeper to today's episode, including how to find out more about Jim's retreats, books, and more, just visit the page I've created just for this episode. It's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 228 for episode 228. I'm always looking to turn you on to great new podcasts, and I've got one just for you, especially if you're concerned at all about environmental issues, like, say, the health of our country's water supply, that I encourage you to check out Water in Real Life. It's hosted by award-winning communication pros Ariane Shipley and Stephanie Zavala. call themselves the H2 Duo. Love that. They chat with thought leaders from both inside and outside of the water industry to serve as a resource for both personal and professional growth. See, I knew you'd like it. To find out more about them and their podcast and to listen now, visit TheH2Duo.com. Don't forget about that free book Chandler Bolt and I want to send you. It's called Published, helping you write and publish your book in as little as 90 days. Read to lead, podcast.com slash published to find out more and free up lots of time in your business when you use FreshBooks cloud accounting software. To get access to that free 30-day trial right now, no obligation, freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Finally, if you are one of those who answered the call to nominate read to lead as best business 
podcast, I have good news. Read to Lead has indeed made the cut and is one of only 10 business podcasts in the world to be nominated Best Business Podcast at this year's Podcast Awards in September. Now, a committee will determine the winner, but it took you taking action and nominating the Read to Lead podcast just to make it into that group. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.